All right, that's what she does. All right, welcome to the Mouthpiece Podcast. What's going on, son? Thank you for coming on, Dre. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. I think that last time that we hung out, I actually told you I was going to do a podcast. So, yeah, yeah. Episode two, here we go. So, for the people that are listening, your name's Dre. That is. You're a boxer. uh, That is also true. You hit people in the face. I try. It doesn't always work out. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. So this is your first pro pro fight that's coming up? No, um <clears throat> this is still amateurs. Uh Nationals is it's basically an extension of Golden Gloves, you feel me? So Golden Gloves, you have state, okay. and you have regionals, and then you have nationals. So this is a tournament that you're going to? Yeah, so it's a twelve day tournament uh, down in Louisiana. So how many fights at max how many fights can you fight? You can fight every day, like I think I think they allow up to three fights a day. Per person? Yeah. You feel me? There's no way that you... There's like 20-something fights. Yeah, I know. Some, like, the lower weight class has got to do that, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't have as many people in my weight. Like, okay. I think, like, 156 has, like, like close to, like, 200-something people yeah. in it, you know? So you, you have no idea who you could be fighting. No. Completely somebody, random. Anybody can get it. Okay, yeah. okay. So how long have you been training for this? Um, man, I moved... I moved out to Greensboro in, what was it, babe, October? I think so. I moved out to Greensboro in October. Nationals was supposed to be in December, but just due to COVID and COVID stuff, shit. yeah, they pushed it back to March. So I just, I've been out in Greensboro ever since, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been, it's been a long camp. It's okay, long camp, long, long camp. camp. So you're ready for this? I'm beyond ready. You're pretty beyond confident? Ready. I am. Uh, so let's say let's say you went all the way out through this. What's the next step? Olympic trials. Olympic trials. Olympic trials. Yeah. Okay. Is that something you're ready for? Yeah, I think so. You know, we're gonna see it at nationals. Um, nice. Definitely prepared for it. I've been sparring with a top twenty uh, professional boxer, uh, Joseph Jackson. Joseph Action Jackson. Okay. Yeah, Don't forget the action. Yeah, you know you got it. <laughs> right, man. All right, cool. Yeah. It looks like you've been training hard. You got you got a little bruise out there on that. That's, that's makeup, bro. That's makeup. All right, all right, fair enough. So, like, what? I, I'm curious. Like, what got you into uh, boxing? Into boxing. Like, what, how old were you? Like, tell me the story. Like, tell Man, me. I started. I started Muay Thai first. I was a Thai fighter when mm-hmm. I was 14, and like I always grew up fighting. When um, I'm from Bermuda, so when I was in Bermuda, like, oh, it it's just, big over there, right? Yeah, like. And not not like even in a sports sportsy type way, you know. You just, just in fight. elementary school, kids fight, you know. And yeah. it was no big deal. I was fighting my cousins, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd go home and play afterwards, and was, you know. I feel like that really made me uh, made me know what it felt like to get hit. You feel me? So yeah, everybody thinks they can fight, so they get hit in the face. Exactly. Bro. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm 13, 14 years old, thinking I'm a man, thinking I can take a hit. Yeah. But uh, my mom wouldn't let me box, you know? So, yeah. like, never let me box. So, uh, 18. Well, I think when I turned 18, I turned 18 on a Saturday that year. Okay. And that Monday, 
I was able to sign the papers on my own because I was 18. So you didn't need mom no more. Exactly. You're like, I'm an adult. Do what the hell I want, mom. So we started. So why didn't she want you boxing? She just like she too dangerous. Knew I like to fight. Like, Fair enough. I, yeah, I was homeschooled like all through high school just because I was fighting so much mm-hmm. in elementary school. So. So you so it was just ready for you. You just knew about it. Yeah. So you grew up in Bermuda. Um, Were you born in Bermuda? I was born in Massachusetts. Okay. I claim it because my parents are from it. My family's from there. You know. Just you try to go back at least once or twice a year, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been about three years. COVID kind of put a shit yeah. on. I need to go back. So, do you have a lot of family over there? Uh, Yeah, almost everybody. Almost everybody. My mom's side and my dad's side. Absolutely. Got some family in Massachusetts, too. Yeah. Uh, you spread all out, man. Yeah, yeah. Bermudians travel, you know? Like, yeah. You get off Bermuda, it's small, bro. It's like population of 60,000. Yeah. The city's big, and Yeah. Surrounded by water. So, know? like, you know boxing's one of those sports where everyone's trying to get it. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's trying to get to the top. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you started, was it, like, something that you were innately good at or was it something you, like, had to work your way up for? Like, I don't want you to obviously brag too much yeah. on yourself, but, like, is it, like, something you it was easy for you or is it something that you're like, um, oh, shit, this is harder than I thought it was going to be? Because there's, there's levels. There's levels to everything. You feel me? So, I always thought I could fight. I always thought I had hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, always growing up. I went in a boxing gym and this dude named uh, Renee Martinez put it on me, you know? <laughs> like, he got about 50 amateur fights. So I don't think he went pro. But uh, he just, and I was like, what? Like, I had never been touched like that in my life. Yeah. I was from a box. Different in the streets. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's cardio, there's, there's structure to it. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like getting beat up that time, you know? So I just like, kept coming back. And, uh, at first, I just wanted to spar, you know? I was like, man, I could make some money off, like, sparring some pros. Yeah. And uh, one, of my, one of my boys pulled me aside, and he was like, why? Like, you're good. Like, mm-hmm. might as well do it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And if you're going to get beat up, get beat up for, like, real money, you know? Absolutely, dude. Now, the fight you have coming up, it's a, vir- it's a fight virtually you can watch, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be on uh, USA Boxing dot com uh i'll post the link is it free or is it paid yeah no it's free it's free, free. Yeah. all right sweet so hopefully them. anyone that listens they can tune in i'll be watching it for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. what day is that on that the first it's, day it's gonna be on every day you feel me okay have different fights uh i'll let people know like i'll post on my social media what about yeah. number i am okay yeah we'll give you a yeah. shout out to dm for all your social media yeah. shit yeah so the boxing world's it's changing man it is it's changing yeah. Bro, did you see uh, Tyson Fury and Josh just sign that deal? I got it written down right here. <laughs> so let's go in with that. Then let's go in. So Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury signed a two-year, two-fight deal. Two, two-fight. Two-fight deal. Yeah. And at the end of those two fights, are they going to combine the belts that they have? Is that what they were talking about? Yeah, They're going to unify the belts. Well, because, yeah, they got those two have all the belts. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cause there's so many belts in boxing, there's, right? There's five. There's five. I feel like there's a couple hundred belt. for some reason, bro. <laughs> well, you have like intercontinental belts and stuff like that that set you up for for that champion belt. Yeah, because you see people win fights, they have like six belts on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah, yeah, but uh, I feel like it's different from the UFC just because it's more weight division. Yeah, the UFC is like 155, 178. There's a weight division for like every five pounds, isn't there in the in, in boxing? boxing? Basically, basically, and then you mm-hmm. have some gaps. Like, what do you? fighting at right now i'm fighting at 201 201 under is that where you like to be 
Yeah, uh, when I go pro, it's gonna be 178. 170 just for speed or what? Um, no, nah, just just when you, when you get pro, you gotta. That's why everybody's doing. everybody's putting in that work. Okay, know? so when you're when you're at, and I want to talk about that about Anthony Joshua, but when you're at 201, do you feel like you have more strength behind your punches? Yeah, I feel feel big. You know? Do you feel a little bit slower though because of that, or, or um, does it matter? Does it transition at all for you? No, because I, I sit I sit like at 190 when I'm in good shape. You know. Like, okay. Out of shape or like lifting weights, I'll be like two ten. I've never really gotten bigger than two ten. Okay, so do you, do you normally walk around at one ninety? Like that's your walk around weight, or do you I'd say like two hundred? Two hundred. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, I want to talk about the the Anthony Joshua and all that. So who do you who do you think is gonna win that fight? Like that fight series? Like what do you predict to be happening? Man. That's a crazy one. It is. It is. Because Anthony Anthony Joshua, you look at him and he looks like a Greek god. Like he looks like he was just sculpted. And then you look at Tyson Fury, he literally looks like he would work on your plumbing. But you look how he boxes. Exactly, bro. Tyson boxes. Exactly, bro. He's different in there, man. Like every time he fights, I'm like, this guy, he's buns. But then he gets in there and dominates. You know what I mean? And have you have you seen have you watched any of Tyson Fury's old fights? Some. Bro. Some. He's been dropped by cruiserweights. Really? You feel me? No heavyweight touches Fury. Deontay Wilder dropped Fury. And Deontay Wilder is a cruiserweight. Let's be honest. With a big hand. So he gets away with heavyweight division. And then there was this other guy from Atlanta that used to train with Paul Delgado. But, uh... Yeah, he dropped Fury a while back, too. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Fury's story is, like, really really interesting because he was already at the top right and then he took a huge dive when it came to like drugs and depression right you see his like have you have you uh joe rogan podcast shout out joe rogan yeah shout out joe rogan (laughs) he's the inspiration but no i haven't seen his podcast for that for that bro like when tyson fury talks about it he was like it was just another step in my life he was Mm -hmm. like like Maybe it wasn't Joe Rogan. I think it was hot boxing with Mike Tyson. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right because I saw him on Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson was like, no, like I, I was just like infatuated with being champ. Like that's who my my character was, you know. Yeah. And Tyson Fury was like, nah, that was just like an accomplishment in my life. Yeah. Like I'm a gypsy. We keep it moving. You yeah, know? man. It's in his family too. Like his dad was a boxer. I think he's a boxer, and his uh, brother's a boxer. His little brother. Bare knuckle too. Like, his his brother's bare knuckle. No, nah, I think his dad. His was, dad was bare knuckle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. I think Anthony Joshua wins it personally, but you can't count out you know Tyson Fury at all. Like you look at whenever he fights, he slips punches, and you and it's out of no. It's like by an inch that he misses those punches. Tyson man. Fury is is his defense is and how big he is. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him so dangerous because he's so big and he's so nimble. You know. Mm-hmm. But I think. If anybody has a chance to beat him, it's Josh. Mm-hmm. Who else has a chance to beat Tyson Fury? Yeah. Tyson Fury lays on people, bro. He's 290 pounds in shape. In shape. And I think that Anthony Joshua is just in a route to prove his dominance. <coughs> like, he had that, you know, that mix-up with Anthony Ruiz, which obviously he just didn't give a fuck about that fight. I mean, it seems like he didn't train at all for it. It seems like he didn't even take Anthony Ruiz necessarily seriously. You, you want me to tell you what I saw from a fighter standpoint? Okay. Originally, he was supposed to be fighting this dude named Big Baby Miller. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Big Baby weighs like close to 300. Josh Big blew baby. up. Yeah, he yeah. blew up. Josh came in to the Ruiz fight like 260-something, you know? Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready for a, someone with quick hands, uh, 
good footwork. He was ready yeah. for a slugfest. Mm-hmm. So he met Ruiz, whose cardio was up, who wasn't trying to, you know, bang. He was trying to box. And, like, Josh's body just wasn't ready for that. Josh's trainers mess with his body. You look at his fights. Yeah. As a heavyweight, Josh goes up and down between, like, a like a 30-pound scale, bro. Really? And that'll fuck with you as a fighter. That's what I'm saying, you know? It makes you feel differently when you're in the ring, correct? Look look at uh, his second fight with Ruiz. He yeah. like like 20 pounds lighter and look how he was doing. Look how it went. You know? Now, have you seen uh, Anthony Ruiz's transformation from when he was fat till now? He's still fat. <laughs> he's, he's still, still fat, fat, but he, he's in he's shape now? Some, yeah, because he's in camp with Canelo and Ryan Garcia and that, uh, that other Cuban heavyweight, bro. Mm-hmm. How you feel about Ryan Garcia? I know, I know you're a Ryan Garcia hater. I'm, he, you're a hater, bro. I am. I am. But I like him after his last fight. Okay. He proved himself. Dude, but, he, but I still think Devin Haney beats him. He got. I agree. I agree. But he got dropped his last fight. Everyone got freaked out about it. Canvas like a champ. Exactly, dude. I think it shocked him too. Yeah. I think it yeah. shocked him too. But right now they're talking about doing Tank Davis and and you know. Uh, him and it just doesn't make sense. I think Tank oh, puts him down. That. I think Tank puts him down. Everybody thinks Tank's powerful, bro. And I think he so too. Is, but uh, who? What big man has he fought? He fought that last fight with Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz is way smaller mm-hmm. than him. I heard Tank blows up to like 160 pounds, bro. They said Tank got dropped in sparring a couple months back. Bad too. I believe it. Sparring, sparring. Yeah. I mean, everybody gets dropped. It's part of it. I don't. I don't box. <laughs> I just talk to boxers. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so who who is like your favorite your favorite boxer? Who's the person that you like? Or like that's the guy. Current, all time, whatever. Roy Jones. Both. Roy Jones and Roy Jones because he inspired me, and then man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could say Roy because he was the first boxer I was on, but ever okay. since like. I have, I have a new favorite boxer every month. Right now, it's a uh, Vargas. Vargas? Vargas? I've heard that yeah, name. Bro. Old, old Cali kid boxer. Really? Yeah, kind of Man, one thing about Roy Jones Jr. is that last fight he had with Tyson. I just I just feel like there's no point, man. There's no point. They got money out of it. For what? They don't need it. They don't need it. And they even knew before going in the fight they weren't going to declare a winner. Making the old heads, bro, trying to live it up. True. And you know Tyson, he could have knocked him out, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. He could have yeah. knocked him I'm, out. I'm a Roy fan still. Roy wanted Tyson. out. Roy wanted out, bro. After, like, third round, he was like, oh, I don't want to do Tyson this anymore. Tyson banging to the body, bro. Well, listen, man. I want to talk about Tyson because he just blows my mind. Like, the more that I learn about him and, and look into him, like, did you know that when he was 13 years old, he was 190 pounds? He was 190 at the age of 13. When Customato found him, he was 190 pounds. Damn. He, when he was 13, they wouldn't let him fight kids his age because they didn't believe that he was a kid. Right. So he fought adults. He, he fucked Tyson, the adults up. Yeah, Tyson never got that tall, bro. No, he's like 5'10", maybe? 5'9", maybe? Muscle, baby. Yeah, he's shredded, dude. And they said at 13, he just didn't look normal. Dense. Yeah, I mean, you imagine what, like, would have happened to his career. Like, Customato never got to see him be him. Like, Customato died when he was 19 years yeah, old. That's true. When Tyson was 19 years old. So, like... I mean, to be honest, that's arguably prime Tyson. Prime, at 19? Prime, he, he peaked early. How mm-hmm. many years did he have after Cus died? Like, maybe one or two? And I feel like he was sheltered those years. Yeah. Know, because he was the only champ ever. That's true. But I just think, like, what would have happened if Cus didn't die? You yeah. know? 
Yeah. I don't even know how Kyle really think, died. I don't, I don't, yeah, I think he was just old. But I don't think we'd have the same Tyson we'd have today. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, like where Tyson is mentally. Dude, me? he is so crazy because everyone thinks Tyson's like stupid or doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not. Man, he's smart. educated, dude. Man, like, you know what he said when he went on Rogan's podcast to promote his fight with Roy Jones Jr.? Because the first time he went on Rogan's podcast, he said he didn't want to fight anymore because he didn't want to stroke his ego. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I don't want to stroke my ego because that's a side of me that I don't I don't do anymore. The second time he went on Rogan's podcast. He was like, I got up and ran. Dude, <laughs> he said, he said the gods of war have reawoken my ego. Reignited. Reignited my ego. Bro, when Tyson talks about fighting, it's poetic. It you is. Not, it is. Not. But, like, could you imagine even fathoming, like, saying that? The gods of war have reignited my ego. Bro, that's how he looks at it, bro. Yeah. Like, Did you know that, like, Custom Auto made him uh, study, like, Alexander the Great and all these different conquerors? And the reason I was saying earlier why I don't think if Cus was still alive mm-hmm. all throughout Tyson's career, I don't think Mike Tyson would be the same as because Cus played a lot of head games with Mike. You mm-hmm. feel me? Like, like. Uh, I ain't gonna tell people how to parent, but I ain't gonna tell. All right, my sixteen year old, I want, I want you break his ribs. Yeah, I want you make him cry. I want you. I want this guy to spit up blood. Yeah, you feel me? I want you to feel like a savage. That's how Cuss talked to me. Cuss knew he right. was just like this is the prodigy. He is the guy. Like he knew. He knew yeah. right when he met him. And and they said that I was watching a little bit of stuff on him last week, and they said that Mike Tyson would come home from like school and stuff like that and he'd be all upset because the girls were and he was frustrated over girls and cuss was just like man fuck all that shit with them girls we don't care about the girls <laughs> he was like we're trying to fuck this dude up this week yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy man it's crazy when you look at like the way that tyson was raised and like the factors that took and the factors that came into place to make him who he was it's scary just watching his fights man just watch his fights on youtube was made for bro there's nothing else he could have done. Could you imagine if he was like an accountant and, and you're looking across from him? How many keyboards he'd break? Yeah, bro. I'd be like, you shouldn't be here, man. You got to get out of here, man. He's scary. Like even, even Rogan said when on his podcast, the size of Rogan's podcast was like a foot longer than this one is right here. And Rogan said that he felt so nervous being that close to Tyson, he had to make the, the desk bigger. He said that he felt like he was in a room with like a, a tiger that could just go crazy at any moment. Now, now imagine Tyson being mad at you, staring you down. Nah, bro. I'd just be like, "What do you want? Serious? <laughs> I'm like, whatever you want, you can have it. I don't care." I definitely say Mike Tyson was the most intimidating fighter. You feel oh me? my just god! Behind him, I mean, the only other fighter that compares to like intimidation would be like. Deontay Wilder now, but not even now, like whenever he was Deontay Wilder and, and everyone was talking about him, but even then, like nothing like Tyson, dude. Nothing like Tyson. I mean, he was just built differently. But I want to segue that into because we're talking about boxing, obviously. This is going to be more boxing oriented podcast. How do you feel about these celebrity fights that are starting to kind of come into place in the boxing world? Because I mean, it's definitely given the boxing world more exposure, but there's also, you know, another side of that coin. Like, it does hurt boxing in some ways. So, what is your uh, take on that? Man, let, let them do it. Let them do it. Mm-hmm. But me, personally, I'd never take a fight on the undercard to one of those. Yeah. You know? I'd, I'd never be like, uh, yeah, I'll fight. It, but you gotta, it is a challenging thing, though, because, it like, think, think about it this way. You're fighting all these fights. You're winning, but you're not getting anywhere. And you know, oh, I can go fight under this celebrity and get a lot of exposure for it. 
but I should be the main card. You know what I mean? That's like, part of the boxing business, though. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that when they get in there. Mm-hmm. As opposed to MMA, like, there's a lot more that goes into boxing than just winning fights. Yeah. You know, it's who you're winning in the games. It's, you know, the promotion you have behind you. It's the stables you're in and your manager, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's a little more uh, of, like, a royalty process than, than MMA, you know? It's different, man. It it's different. And, like... There's so, like I'm obviously a big UFC fan, you know that, mm-hmm. and I'm slowly transitioning into being a boxing fan and like learning it, studying it more because there's definitely a huge skill gap when it comes to striking and like UFC and boxing. You know what I mean? The UFC is still new. It is. Oh, it's it's very new. new. Look at look at women striking from from Ronda Rousey to uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, you you already know. Bro. You already know. It's insane, man, because when like Ronda a, Rousey... even a 10-year gap, bro. No, dude. When Ronda Rousey came in the UFC, everyone thought she was it. Mm-hmm. She was, like, the girl. Like, everyone's like, this is the poster child for women's UFC mixed martial arts. And then Ronda Rousey came along, and she was like, oh, what? I'll show you. I'll show you who the champ really is. Yep. And she dominates. Yep. Like, I would be scared to even be near Amanda Nunes at any point. Because of how dominant she is. She's she's a nice person. We got... I haven't met her personally, but uh, American Top Team Asheville. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Amanda Nunes is American Top Team. Yeah. But a couple of the guys that teach classes over there, Nora Striking Coach, uh, Dio... I want to meet that guy too. Teach me get some hands. Teach me throw some hands. She's crazy, dude. Her last fight literally looked like she literally made that paycheck in like twenty seconds. Same same boxing coach as uh, Dustin Poirier. Really? Uh, 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 Masvidal, bro. Yeah, like a bunch of them. I think the UFC is definitely at one of its highest points as far as like skill goes because like in the back of the year like Chuck Liddell and all them that, bro. you don't I think, think so? UFC has so much more to go okay look at boxing look at boxing boxer uh, Muhammad Ali don't box like no heavyweight today you know you go back to the 60s Joe Lewis don't box like no heavyweight today bro mm-hmm. like like I'm, I'm a fan of the UFC, but I know it hasn't reached its peak yet. Okay. I mean, it's definitely on What do you think it will take to get it from where it is now to the next level? Another promotion. Another, another promotion? Another MMA promotion that's not the UFC. Dude, I think what the UFC should do, and I talked about this for a while, is they should do like a WrestleMania-type event where once a year they have like the utmost stacked card where it's like 10 fights that are just insane fights you put three or four fights on there that are just strictly publicity fights anything with connor anything with masvidal Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you put fights in there that people want to see but you make it every year it's the event of the year i think that would take the ufc to some new heights i really do but but what you're saying like having another promotion or another you know fighting league it's so hard because no one wants to be there no one wants to be anywhere other than ufc like look at everyone at bellator they want to leave and go to ufc I mean, that's where the exposure is. It is. It is. But, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things. My buddy the other day, he was trying to convince me. He was trying to sell me on the Bare Knuckle Boxing League, and I told him, I was like, it's just not. Hey, they're giving money out, though. I don't know who's funding Bare Knuckle Boxing, bro. <sighs> it's got to be some investors. Some of my, yeah, some of my old coaches, like, like 
Uh, yeah, someone so hit me up for like a six grand fight out in Texas, you know, bare knuckle. But, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy though, man. Like you can really get fucked up like that, dude. Yeah, I haven't even watched any of them. To be honest. The thing about it is, I had a buddy that is like, yeah, he's the same one that I was trying to sell him on. He was like, it's gonna be uh, the next big thing. He was like, I'm telling you. I told him I was like, it won't. Well, the reason why it won't is the psychology behind it. It's too violent. And it's too violent. Ain't nobody gonna last. <laughs> yeah, ain't, well, ain't nobody gonna last. One, but two, like even if it does last, the whole time you're watching it, you're on edge a little bit. Like even me, I've watched fighting for a long time. Right. But when I watch that bare knuckle boxing, I'm like, like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just lost his eye for the rest of his exactly, <laughs> man. There's just like something psychologically in there that just makes you not want to watch it, and that alone will make there no chance for newcomers. Maybe I don't know. I don't think it'll last because people aren't can't stay in that. Yeah, I think humans are just drawn to violence. They are. Violence. They are. I think if there's a fight show to the death, it have it. I think you're right. People to watch. It. I mean, you look back in the Spartan days, dude. That's all I did, bro. Fight to the death. Could you imagine being like the huge Coliseum and they used to put like tigers and bears and shit, bro? There, bro. Sand just stained in blood, dog. Bro, you'd like, feel like I get up in the ring and I see blood in the ring. I'm like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. Here. Think about like that's got to be like a shell shocking moment, right? It, it makes you there, like makes you like zone in, bro. Fuck, like, man. Because nobody wants to be the dude waking up and seeing them lights. <laughs> yep. Like you gotta think of how bad that's gotta suck. Like everyone's gonna get knocked out if you stay in the fight business long enough. You're gonna get knocked out. I don't know if you've been knocked out, but if you stay in there for ten years, twenty years, you're gonna get knocked out. Yep. It's part yep. of it, and. I couldn't imagine being at like the greatest stage and show it, whether it's like the boxing championship or UFC championship, and you get in there and then you wake up and you're like, "What the fuck happened?" Fighters, fighters wear their hearts on the sleeve, yeah, bro. Man. Like, like I don't think people give fighters enough credit when it comes to being open. Fighters are mm-hmm. like, I feel like fighters are the most open athletes. You know, like what do you mean by open? Like emotionally like, like, or like weird? Like you know, like, you mean like quirky, like, like yeah, a little bit different. Know, like, like, well, fighters like don't. Fighters are loo- like, like they have a screw loose. You know, but you have to if you want to get in a square, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, circle and get the shit beat out of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I never once was like, hey, what do I want to do for a living? Get the shit beat out of me? Like, it's not something that's really. One, it's not in my nature. I'm not built for that life. And two, I don't think I would. Like, even if I had your belt, I'd be like, I can't fucking do that shit. So I know you could fight. So you could, you could throw it. <sighs> so you're tall enough too, bro. I got the length for it. I just don't have the strength for it, man. And I. I want to do it. Like, my buddy's trying to get me to do it right now. He's like, yeah, I want to get you in there and get you sparring and get some hands behind you. And I'm like, Don't even ah. worry about sparring, dog. That's why, man. Just get get in there now. Get in there now. You don't have to do anything, bro. My fiance is going to fucking kill you. Because I'm going to be fucking waking up, <laughs> looking at lights, fucking blinking, seeing lights above me. Because I got knocked out because Dre told me no, to get no, in a no. fight. That's the point of fun. So that doesn't happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know? You know they got a uh, fight somewhere. They got a Mayweather gym down here in Johnson City now. Really? Yeah. Boxing. Yeah, it's a Mayweather yeah, boxing gym. Actually, I think I know someone uh, teaching classes over there. My buddy was wanting to look at classes over there, and we yeah, took the over under to see how much. It, I know. So I told him I was like, one, you're not gonna get real trainers. Yeah. But I was like, let's just see how much it costs. It's like like ninety bucks a month. Yeah, bro. And you know they ain't really teaching you shit. Like, there's no two, trainers. One, two, yeah. Squat. Squat. <laughs> exactly. I looked on their website and it was like girls like just punching the bags yeah, and shit, right, like right. old ladies punching the bags. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's not. If you want to learn how to box, I wouldn't go that route. Yeah, 
But it's a different world, man. It's a different world. Boxing's different. I, I just stick to sales, man. All right, I'm good at sales. I don't got to get hit in the face. Tony, you got to, you got to, I can see you just hitting somebody in the face and loving it. Bro. I've been in some fights. It feels good. That's what, you know? But it's just like one of those things, man. I'm afraid that I get dropped real bad. Every bro, I get turned into a meme. You're not, you're not supposed to want to fight. You Could know? you imagine being a meme, bro? Looking like Nate Robinson out there. <laughs> I could. I dude, could. he's stupid, dude. He fought Jake Paul and didn't spar one time. And I mean, Jake Paul's got some hands. He, I mean, for someone who's never really fought, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's got some hands. And the thing about those Paul brothers, they train. Bro, and they, they train. I think they're looking good. They train. They got the money to train, too. I yeah. think they're looking good. They train. So, let's get into it. Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. Give me your take. Man, Give me your take. It, it ain't going to happen. You don't it think it'll happen? happen? It's not going to happen. Okay, let's pretend like it happens. <laughs> it happened. Let's say it's fighting it next happens. week. I want you to tell Everybody me what happened. going to piece him up, pity pet style. I think he might even put him down, depending on how long the fight goes. All right. Here's here's what I think. I think Logan Paul, for the first two, three rounds, throws everything he has. After the third round, he just tires out. Yeah. And then Floyd does what he does. He plays defensively. He puts his shots in there where he can. But he's not going to tire out. You're not going to tire out Floyd. He's just going to sit there and run around you and play defensive and put his shots on where he can. But Logan Paul, if the fight happens, I think he's just going to throw everything he has in the first couple Logan rounds. Paul's like my size. He's like 200 yeah. pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be the biggest fire Floyd's ever fought, right? Oh, yeah. So this is, my, this is the other side of, of the coin. Logan Paul is the biggest fighter Floyd's ever fought. If he lands a strike on him, is there a possibility he could drop him? Of course, of course. I mean, could it happen? Is it? Could you imagine if a YouTuber knocked out the Floyd Mayweather, the, the greatest fighter of all time? I would rather it happen that way. There's so many. There's so many greats. There's so many. That's in all sports. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. There's so many. In a sport of boxing, with so many different weight divisions, there can be so many greatest. But I would rather see Logan Logan Paul knock out Floyd. I don't want to. I hope Floyd doesn't take that. And if he does. People gonna take fights fights with Floyd because Floyd ain't gonna knock people out. I bet yep. you wanna take a fight with Pacquiao. No. <laughs> no. Right. No. Right. No, I agree. I don't know, man. I just it's weird seeing people that are like celebrities go into the world of fighting. Of all things. There's a lot of money in fighting too. A lot man. of money, man. Yeah. A lot of money. There's investors, betters. That's why that's why I can't like the UFC thing wasn't for me. Yeah. Can't get need in the head for a quarter of the. Paycheck. They don't. They don't pay you, man. They don't That's pay insane, you. Bro. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, how are you not able to pay them, bro? You know how much. You know how much Dustin Poirier made off winning against Conor McGregor. Hmm. Against what Conor McGregor made? I know Conor made a fucking oh, rack. He made twenty. He made. Conor did. He made twenty mil. What does Dustin make? Half a mil. Half of a million half dollars. A mil. Google it. Half Holy. Fuck, bro. I would laugh in Connor's face like, that ain't happening. We're going to have to bump the numbers up. That's that's why I think... How much of that money goes back into the team? You know what I mean? How much of that money goes back into your training that you haven't paid up yet? You know what I mean? (sighs) How much is Uncle Sam taking? How much is Uncle Sam taking? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's crazy, man. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was the, the, the payouts for that fight. And... To what you said, you look at you know boxing where you're yes. not taking the damn, you're not getting fucking need in the head and no, like that, and you're making no. ten times the paychecks. Yeah, it's, the potential's there too, you know. And the longevity's there. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Uh. Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah. There are more fighters that die in boxing than UFC. Just because the head trauma, you know, more and more uh, punches focus to that. Exactly. Has there been a fighter recently that's died from boxing, like in the past five years or ten years? Uh, from Johnson City, bro. The your your buddy. Roy Ken. Okay, I don't know that story. I don't know if you want to talk about that story, Um, but. Long long story short, uh, Roy Roy's a dog, man. He was a dog. I'm pretty sure that I'd watched him fight at one point, or I'd seen him at a fight that you'd taken me to. Hit, bro. Um, fought about last year against against this guy named Senna, also from Tennessee. Uh, Santa's like 20 and 0 pro, decent fighter, very decent fighter. Just fought on Showtime and lost recently. But, uh, yeah, I think personally from what I saw, I, I saw I saw Roy get hit behind the head one too many times. So, so like, did he die directly from the fight or was something that happened after? He came, he came out and went into, went into a coma for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, just recovering it's been about a year since that happened um, he got out he was just sticking with it for a while yeah it's responsive man. you know it's part of the fight game man it is it's it's the so. nasty end of the of the fight game that people don't realize like dude look at muhammad ali you know look at muhammad know? ali he can't even his last his last 10 years of his life muhammad ali was but see it's crazy bro because i was talking to this with uh, one of my friends the other day it's like how fighters take hits because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen uh like a fighter named Mayorga bro mm-hmm. just like put his hands down love getting hits God talks yep. 100% today you know so mm-hmm. it's really about like how people take punishment yeah some people and you like, don't know yes well like you can tell like Roy Jones Jr he wasn't some you, like like people with that style almost I feel like yeah like Muhammad Ali, he was a dancer. He wasn't a brawler, so he didn't take punches. He's well. a showman. You feel me? Yeah. And when you don't take punches well, that's when they do the damage. You know, mm-hmm. like like. But look at George Foreman. He was he was one of those guys that came forward. He got hit, but you know that stuff yeah. bounced off the top of his head. Kept his head down. He never really saw his head bop back like that. Won his last title at like fifty something, you know. It's crazy. Talks very, very literate today. That's crazy. I don't know. It's it's always good when you see fighters that are able to, you know, have a life after boxing. It makes me happy. But it's it's just so disheartening when you see the opposite in that, Mm -hmm. which is like Muhammad Ali, your friend, things like that. That it just the worst of the worst situations. It's the hurt business. It's the hurt business, man, and the cauliflower ear business. Which, That's MMA. How many boxers get cauliflower? Boxers don't get cauliflower here. So. But MMA, man. Like, yeah, getting mangled and stuff. I mean, that shit nasty, bro. I, yeah, I always wonder if it affects your hearing. Like, it's, it has to. It has to. Yeah. Like, That's could you imagine, mean, like, someone's bro. talking to you and you're like, what? And then they look at your ear and it looks like <laughs> fucking cauliflower and shit. <laughs> they want to touch you. Like, they say it hurts just, like, from the yeah. touch. Yeah. Oh, fuck. This, someone got their, uh, their ear, bu- their cauliflower ear busted the other day at the mm. UFC fight. Mm. That's, That's got to be bad. Yeah, man. Speaking of that UFC fight, you know my boy Stylebender. He lost. It's okay, bro. I designed you stubborn. All he has to do is put on some weight, but he won't do it. Man, it just makes me so mad. What did you think of that fight, Tony? Man, I thought it was it was three two. I thought it was three two. I thought the first three round, first two rounds for sure, were Adesanya's the third. I think he edged it out. Um, yeah, for Stylebender. And then... And they scoring is so weird. It's very weird. But takedowns are critical. Yeah, very. And ground control is critical. Yeah. And 
he did not have the weight behind him to to stop John from taking him to the ground. And he was going the I, I don't know you you obviously watched the fight, but he like his jujitsu. He was turning. He was turning his hips the wrong way. Yeah. the whole time on the ground. He was like he was turning into him. You don't yeah. do that to him. And he. You could see the tide of the fight was starting to move away from his favor towards the end of the third round. I mean, he was slowing down, and I don't think that's a correlation to his weight. I think that was more so him not knowing how to handle someone of that weight at the other end. You know I what think, I mean? I think that was due to him getting laid on. <laughs> yeah. That takes it. Well, the last two rounds, for sure. I mean, you're just sitting there yeah. fighting, and the other is sitting on top of you. You know what I mean? Like, well, he's heavier than you already. It's so crazy. There. <laughs> it just... It's very disheartening because I want to see John Jones versus Stylebender. I want to see that because those are my two favorite fighters. Anderson Silva, John Jones, Israel Adesanya, my three favorite fighters. I feel like that's an evolution of MMA. Yes. We were talking earlier. Like, Stylebender. I mean, not Stylebender. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, Silva, yes, fighter. Mm-hmm. Bone Jones, yes, like that next generation. Yes, Stylebender's like he's the new, new wave. Generation. He's the new yeah. wave, and you know they have a track record. They talk shit to each other all the time online. They do not like, they do not like each other. The problem isn't John Jones. John Jones gave him a contract. Izzy turned it down. He's too light right now. Yeah, you feel me? He's too light right now. He is, and he's he's hiding behind the excuse he wants to clear out. You know the middleweight division. He cleared it out. Okay, he moved up to light heavyweight after John Jones left, lost. So now you're stuck in like this paradigm. Like you basically have to win another fight before you even can think about getting to John Jones. Mm-hmm. So who do you fight? And then even if you get the fight, man, John Jones is different. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like I think big, I think that it would be the toughest fight of John Jones's career behind this upcoming one if he fights Naganu or Stipe. <laughs> After seeing how old boy just laid on Adesanya, I don't know. It, you very well could be true. Think of, think of someone laying on Adesanya with elbows and stuff. But John Jones is such a dog, bro. He might not even want to take him to the ground. I, that would be interesting. That's I what I'm saying. Both stand up. I think John Jones is so just a dog that he's like, yeah. he's like, I'll stand here with you all day. Because John Jones ain't lost. He's got one loss and it ain't real. I, I kind of think he lost. I don't think the other guy's a better fighter than him, but R- Rivera. Are you talking about Dominic Reyes? Reyes, yeah. Yes. I think Reyes beat him. I think he beat. I think he beat him too. But personally, I, I think I think Jones is a better fighter. Like I think I agree. Fight would have went on. In in the first fight he had with Gustafson, he barely edged it out for the win. But I mean, you. I mean, That's part of being champ though, you ain't gonna be there every day. <sighs> John Jones has fought them all. That's he's fought everyone. He's fought Rashad Evans. He's fought Loyola Machida. He's fought everyone. He's fought DC twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's done it all. So he has nothing left to prove. All he's doing now is just adding up wins. You know what I mean? Whereas you, you look at Stylebender, and he's he's got to prove himself. So, yeah, you're 20-1, and one, but still. You, or you're, yeah, 20-1. and one, But you haven't fought anyone. You he's haven't. Fought, he's fought his weight, and everybody yeah. looks. But see, Stylebender's not putting on weight, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't see Stylebender putting on weight, bro. I think he's got a long way to go, personally. Um, I think... He could be the face of the UFC because that's, I, that's what they're grooming him for. Yes, yes, because Connor's done. Connor McGregor's done. I mean, he's gonna come back. Ah, oh, oh, he's gonna. He's gonna put no. He's gonna fight more, but he's yeah. done. He's done. He, he doesn't have the temperament. Yeah, yeah. Like those kids that he's got have softened him up, and that's not a bad thing. But you have to like look at that and you know kind of realize it, or you have to acknowledge it. L after L, too. You know, it's, and, it's and, a mental thing. And, he started losing when he stopped talking shit. 
You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have that dog and I'm like, mm-hmm. I, it, it's almost as if he's a type of fighter that he has to back himself into a corner and fight his way out of it to be successful. Because if he has that room where he's like, oh, I haven't, you know, you know, talked any shit or there's no animosity here. He's like, well, then what's the point? Yeah. So uh, I think he's the type of fighter where he has to have all the cards stacked against him to be able to be dominant. And he is dominant. Most definitely. But I think at uh, he's done. Connor, I don't know. Let's Google it. Because, I mean, he's not. I don't think he's too old, but. I think you're right. McGregor's age. Connor is 32. He's young. And he's. That's. um, Stobbender's 30. So, I mean, Connor's only got two years on him, but, like, imagine that as a fight. Connor and Stobbender. That'd be be crazy, bro. That'd be insane. I think Stalvin would win that. I do too. Because Connor's really a stand-up fighter. That's it. But I think that Izzy's just a better stand-up fighter. They're both sick strikers. Oh, I, I want to see that see now. Some crazy matrix. I just now thought of that, but I want to see that now, dude. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just want to see like what the UFC is going to become once John Jones leaves. Because I think John Jones is on his way out. I think he's got three yeah. fights. You think left. he's the face of it still, John? Yeah, I don't know. He's the bad boy, most definitely. He's the best, but the face of it, he ha- he's not marketable. That's what I'm saying. You know what he's I mean? He's the bad boy. He's like, he is. He's the bad boy. Because, I mean, you look, every time they tried to make him the face of it, what did he do? He Went to jail, hit and run, cocaine, yeah, you know, like PED. Like, there's some cocaine, bro. Can't blame him. Yeah. It's part of it. Yeah. He's like, oh, wait, I've been up all night partying, I got to fight? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it's so hard to market John Jones because of the fact that he's fucked up so many times that I wouldn't say he's the face of it. I would say Conor McGregor's probably still the face yeah, of it, or even man. Khabib. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Khabib now. Khabib. He took that from McGregor. Yeah. Know? I think he took that from McGregor. Uh, and Conor's the most marketable person you could ever imagine mm-hmm. having. I mean, you couldn't want anything better than him. That's that's why I think there needs to be more more divisions, bro. Because the UFC have stars, but I think they fight them too fast. Mm-hmm. Boxing, yeah, like you know, they're, they're more. John or um, Joe Rogan said the same thing. He said there needs to be more divisions. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Because there's just such a there's such a skill gap from being like one fifty five to one seventy five. Yeah. There's so many areas in there where I people are better. Any but Usman, bro. No, like who under one seventy eight is gonna come up and challenge Usman? I remember the first time I saw him fight was when he got the belt. And uh, I. Woodley? Yes, against Woodley? Tyron Woodley. And Woodley was like 40. Yeah. And Woodley was like the guy. And Usman busted his ass. Bad. And yeah. ever since, he's been he's been a dog. He's on a mental team, bro. I'm. I don't know who could take it from him, but they already said that he will never fight Israel Adesanya because no, they don't want um, Nigerians. They don't want Sue Nigerians. Bro, to fight. Nigerians are like running sports. Yeah, Joshua is Nigerian, you know. Yeah, bro. Nigerian. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in Nigeria, sports, but yeah, let's let's go out to Nigeria. Yeah, let's go. And then that's where I'll train. <laughs> that's where I'll get my hands, bro. We go to Nigeria and I come back and I'm a dog. I'm just a dog. Where we get me some fights, dude. They're like, Tony, what happened to you? I'm like, went to Nigeria. Call it's, white chocolate. Yeah, it's white chocolate. It's just different out there, bro. I got hands now. Nah, I don't know, man. I would I would like I would like to fight. Like Tell maybe me, bro, it's it's as easy as starting. It's as easy as starting, bro. I don't know how to start. Then go to a gym. Like, what do I just walk in a gym and go, Hey, I wanna fight? 
Like, it's no, like, no, you know no. what I mean? Like, I want to train. I want to train. Teach okay. me how to fight. You feel me? Okay. And, like, if you're there every day, people are going to put in work with you. Oxenide, gym, throw Yeah. Throw the, you know? I don't know. It's like one of those things. It's like, it's a, you, you can't go in half on it. You have to fully commit to it. You know what I mean? That's what people think. Well, there's, there's plenty of people that do it rec- like recreationally, you know? Like, For what? Just to be there? Yeah. If I'm training, I want to fucking hit someone. Oh, my God. I want to fight, bro. Like, I'm not going to train just to be like, oh, I go punch the bags well, twice or three times a week. Well, you That's what I'm telling you. If, if, you, gonna, if, you, if you think you can have hands, because I, I think one day you'd be able to fight it. As light as you are and as tall as you are, yeah. you ain't going to meet anybody your size, bro. You're going to yeah. be towering. So that's why, you, that's why you want me to stay low you weight. You feel me? Yeah. Like. And, and I bet just hitting a bag is going to shock your muscles into just being that much denser. You yeah. Feel enough, bro. Hitting them bags, man. It's a workout. I don't know, man. We'll see. We're going to talk about it because maybe maybe one day we my corner man. I'll be out there. You know I got you. <laughs> Street fight. You know, real fight. I'm, I'm in this corner. Yeah, I've, never, I've only been in like two street fights. One went my way. The other one, I got my ass fucking whooped. I got jumps. <laughs> it was it was like three v one, bro. There was yeah. nothing I could do, bro. There was nothing I could do. When there's get three it, dudes on top of you, to one person. I had I had one dude right here, and I had two on my back, and I was just like, I'm just worried about this <laughs> yep. person. Yep. I was like, the rest of them, make this. Good, you take the back of my head, do what you want. <laughs> but it's part of it, man. We almost got in a fight at that concert. That, we that, did, that, bro. That I was thinking about that the other day. This is so funny that you just said that because what was it? The Kendrick concert? It, it was all top dog. It was like Kendrick, SZA, yeah, uh, uh, J, uh, yeah, J Rock, bro. Dude, we Soul were. Boy. Who was it? Somebody was me, you, Knox. Me, you, Knox. No, Knox. Not, it was cousin Knox. Because <laughs> he because he was fucking with that other dude, and they started arguing, and I was sitting there just bumping my head. I was wasted, bro. <laughs> And uh, I think we were all just wasted, but we we're all just sitting there just vibing. And we look over, and Knox is sitting there going at it with this dude. And then you just walked over and took Knox and shoved him like this. And you're like, "Do we got a problem?" I don't remember that. I do. You I remember this. Me. Listen, okay, I remember this. Vi- I'm gonna tell the story. I'm gonna tell the story. So, because I, I remember this vividly. Okay, Knox is a hippie white dude. He long he, hair. Shout out Knox. He's supposed to come me. on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He had me, he had me on his little run club thing. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna come out and run with you one day, Knox. Yeah, I gotta get him on because he's uh he's starting up his own run club and his business and all that. So I'm gonna have him come on and talk about everything. Okay, okay. But yeah, so we're at the concert. We're getting fucked. This is before Kendra came out. Mm-hmm. We're turning up. I don't know what Knox did to this dude, but he pissed this dude off for some reason. Mm-hmm. Big black dude. And he got up in Knox's face and he was like talking shit. And then Dre walks up, fucking flat top and all, and puts his hand on Knox's chest and and pushes him back like this and gets in front of this dude's face. He goes, we got a problem because we can handle it right now. And all of a sudden they're going, oh, shit. (laughs) And the dude looked at you and he was like, he was like, well, we brothers. And you were like, "And, and you and you went, no, we ain't. And he was like, all right, all right. And he just dabbed you up and he was like, we're cool, we're cool. Uh, I was like, damn, I was wanting to see him go down right there. That would been crazy. Like I, like, I remember the confrontation. I don't remember, like, I don't remember all that. Dude, it was wild. Yeah. It was a good time. And then we went back to the hotel and partied mm-hmm. and got wasted, mm-hmm. bro. I remember. I got a video of that night. I got a video of us pre-gaming. And, and I'm sleeping. 
Bro, you guys send me that because I just I just remember you guys woke me up and you guys were like, hey, are you ready to go to the concert? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I was so fucked up. I remember thinking, I was like, this is not good that I'm this fucked up before we go on this concert. Like, this is bad. Oh, good. But it's all good. We made it through it, man. We made it through it. It was fun though. I had fun. Bro, I was yeah. Once was... COVID, once COVID drops, dude, we had to hit Man, more concerts. Oh, that Dreamville concert right before COVID hit, bro. The festival. It's the second year in a row, I wasn't able to go to Dreamville, bro. Uh, second year in a row. Forward to it, dude. It was gonna be crazy, dude, because we didn't know who was gonna be in it. Like we had no idea. All we knew was gonna be Dreamville, and then whoever they brought. Yep. Dude, I think some crazy. I think they would have had the baby there. I do too. North Carolina. I don't know when it's gonna be before we're gonna be like having concerts and shit like that again. Probably a bit. I mean, you look at other countries though, and they're fucking doing what they want. They're- like Texas is open right now. So Texas is open, but the counties can decide whether or not that they're gonna allow you to wear a mask or not. So, like, Florida's open. Mm. They're mostly open in Florida. Florida. Florida don't give a fuck, bro. bro. It's Florida man out there, bro. (laughs) But Texas, uh, Texas is starting to become pretty Democrat. And, um, yeah, so they're open, but the counties decide whether or not that they're going to still mandate. mandate. Exactly. And I think they're almost all mask mandating. But I think people are getting to the point, man, where they're just like, well, fuck this shit. Yeah, people are just like... I just got back from my base. I just got back from my baseball game. Not a person had a mask on, bro. bro. At Western, there was all out there partying like crazy. We're it's getting to the point now. And then I talked about this on the last podcast. It's hard for me to respect the authority of these people, these higher ups, these elites who aren't doing the same. Who aren't doing the same? That's that's always been the case. It's like you're telling. Okay, so you're telling me that. You know, our kids can't go to school, right? We're doing virtual classroom. But I just saw pictures of you taking your kid to private school. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have a mask on. He didn't have a mask on. No, the teachers did. No. So your kids can go to school. Mine can't. Okay, so we can't go to the, the hairdresser, the hair salon, but you can go. Okay. Oh, I can't go to restaurants, but we got pictures of you at a restaurant last night. Found a mask. Yeah. Exactly, bro. It's just like shit like that, it irks me because, and I said in the last podcast, we were raised to believe that this is the greatest country on earth that you know this is the land of the free the home of the brave and everyone wants to be here it's not true it's not true everyone doesn't want to be here i feel like i never had that growing up because i'm from bermuda yeah you know? so like i always had like, that wasn't fed into little, your brain a little piece of like i saw it in americans i saw it in all my Americans. yeah they're like, like this is america yeah you know i've seen the patriot <laughs> yeah know? they're like they're like patriots are killing us here but it's like we were raised to think that we were just so lucky to be here and i i don't for anyone listen i we're am still blessed know, like, to live here still the top one you know, percent yeah we're still blessed to be here too. but yeah. there's just a lot of hypocrisies in our government just like any other government uh, yeah there's a lot of hypocrisies that i noticed that are just really like it's just frustrating man it's just frustrating whenever you see people that don't have your values don't have common values mm-hmm. and somehow they're the elites mm-hmm. and somehow they're the top dog i don't understand that like how did they get to be the top like how do they get there like it's, it's, it's systematic. It's money. It's systematic. You yeah. know? It's a process, bro. Like, like ain't no money like old money. You know? Yeah. Money like people who know how to control the currency. Like, uh-huh. like they know how to make sure money comes back to them. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And and they get to a point where it's not about money. 
It's about power. Yeah, yeah. Influence. Like, you, know? you, you, I mean, you look at, like, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. Trump. Like, those dudes don't need any more money. They are rich for life. Yeah, Trump, Trump, bro. Trump's rich. Look yeah. at Bernie. Bernie drives fucking Trump, Ferraris and shit. Trump probably took a pay cut. To he be did. President. He did. You feel me? He did. It's about influence. It's about influence and power. It's like once you get to the point to where you have all the money in the world and you can have anything you can want in the world, there's only so much room for you to look for you to have stuff that you don't have, and you begin to crave it. So like, that's. That's why I think that all these people that they want to be politicians because it's like, hey, I got all the money in the world, so now I just want what I can't have, and that's power. So I don't know personally, dude. I would never want to be a fucking politician, man. You look at those before and afters, man. Right, look at Obama. Look, I, dude, I can't wait for Biden's before and afters, bro. It's gonna be rough because his before looks like an after. His after is gonna be a graveyard, bro. It's gonna be bad. There's no way he makes that office, bro. There's no way. I say he's dead within two years. Uh, I say the vice president knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing, bro. She's smart, and I guess more power to her. But it's like that dude can't. And I listen. I don't want to get like super political. I don't like to be super political, but that dude can't hold a conversation. He can't talk. He can't talk. Like you, we're talking right now. I have thoughts that are in my brain, and I'm speaking them out to you. And so are you. He doesn't have that. I think they start here and then they stop right there. And he's like, I can't get past there. Yeah, they get lost. They get lost. He's like, all right, teleprompter. Oh, man. So, I don't know, man. I wouldn't want to be a politician to save my life. But that's why you're in the hurt business and that's why I do sales. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what are what are your, like, going back to boxing, like, what are your actual goals for boxing? You want to go pro. Man, we're going to go nationals. Uh, I got some schooling I'm going to do right after nationals, like a little class. Mm-hmm. So a little trade school and then pro. Got, trade school? It's a, it's a UXO type. Okay. So uh, it's, it's contract work when you get on and it's, uh, it's travel work too. So mm-hmm. work for military companies that go and clean up. Yeah. Uh, Debris. Always doing something, bro. You know, always doing something. He's always doing something. Gotta keep him moving. Like, how many jobs have you had in the past three years? (laughs) But it's not bad. See, society makes you think that it's bad if you don't do one thing. Yes, I learned that so early. Yeah, I learned that because people talk down on you because they ask you how many jobs you've had. Miserable. Yeah, miserable at seventeen years old working a, a in quotation marks a good job. Yeah, you know, but. Man, I've learned that no matter what you tell people you're doing or what you're going to do, they're always going to have a reason to why to tell you why you're not doing right. Bro, that's why they ask. Yes. That's why they ask. Yeah. You know? people, yeah, that's facts. What do you do for a living? Yeah. They, 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 they're, they're sizing you up. Exactly. Right? You feel me? Exactly. Like, I mean, just look at me, man. Like, I went to college for eight months, dropped out. I knew when I dropped out I was making a good decision. Mm-hmm. I t- everyone told me I was making a bad decision. Okay. I worked at a pizza place for two years. You you remember? Yeah. yeah. Bomb pizza. Work, I cooked the fuck out the yeah, pizzas. <laughs> and then after two years, I went to work at Spotless doing carpet restoration. You know what I mean? I did that for a year. Everyone's like, oh, you got a good job. That was a fucking Didn't you work at Surf Pro too? Surf Pro? No. 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 But I, I did the carpet cleaning shit and all that, and I learned how to do that. Then I went to being a correctional officer. At this point, people are like, when are you going to find a job you want to do for the rest of your life? Well, I haven't found it yet. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. That's what I don't understand about society. People, yeah, like like men in society. Like I was listening to a podcast on this the other day. Like they don't have that get up and go get it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's the drive. That's what breeds men. Like, yeah. Like like from an evolutionary standpoint. Hard bro, times breed men. What would they say? They say. Hard men create good times. Good times create weak men. Yes. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create hard yes. men. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's I like think even even in the very beginning when we were like Neanderthals, yeah. bro. Like, well, I think it comes down to your mental state too, man. Like you look at a person like you and me, like we are not the type of people that are gonna take no for an answer. You know what I mean? It's just not in our nature. I know a lot of people that if you tell them like, oh, you can't do that, they'll they'll find any reason to agree with you on that. It's just not me, like. The only reason why I was a correction officer, I don't even think you know this. The only reason why I was a correction officer, my buddy at uh, Spotless told me I could never do it because I was too small. I applied that day, and I was working there the next week. But the next week, I went to the academy, and I was in the academy for nine weeks, and I did that That, job. That right there, bro, built character. You probably haven't even seen yet. Bro, people don't know. to you one day. You're going to be like, I dealt with so-and-so. Bro, people (laughs) have no idea what it's like working in the prison, man. And I'm not talking about like this little tiny jail. I'm talking about a prison where there's sex offenders, murderers, rapists, and and it's me and 144 of them in a room. Exposing yourself to that that type of energy, bro. Yeah. Because they all give off a different type of energy. Yeah. It's like the most stale, cold, you know? Man, it is. It's like being in prison. Oh, I, I, I tell everyone I was in prison. Yeah, I did a year in prison. <laughs> like, I did a year in prison. All right, you can't take that away from me. But it's a different it's a different reality, man, mm-hmm. because, like, here we have a system. Mm-hmm. I go to work. I make money. I come home. I hang out with my family. I go wake up and do it again. That's not reality for them. Mm-hmm. Their reality is totally different. Their currency is totally different. The way the world turns in there is totally different for yeah. them. And that's something that is like shell shock. I mean, even did academy. I did nine weeks of an academy to get yeah. in that job boot camp. Doesn't train you for shit. I mean, I the first week I was there, uh, I had a guy get stabbed in the eye. Mm. And I walked up mm. in that. And then the first, the second month I was there, I walked in, up on a guy who had killed himself, who, commis- who hung himself. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, you're not prepared. There's no way you can prepare for that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And, like, fights and shit like that like you getting all kinds of fights i've been in my fair share of fights yeah. i've kicked the dude's ass in the prison i got my ass kicked in the prison you know what i mean like it's part of it so it's a type of society you just don't you're not ready for now i don't do that shit no more because that place sucked dude yeah bro that's like you were trying to get me do with you i was like eh, i just wanted a friend i know i just I wanted a friend bro it was so bad i was like i was like listen i was like if i can get dre to come work in the prison <laughs> i got you back we have so much fun bro <laughs> The people that work in the prison are such assholes, dude. Yeah. So it's like, all right, either talk to myself or hang out with the inmates. <laughs> he was all right. hanging out with me. Dude, there was a couple inmates I would hang out with, bro. They were cool. Like, as long as they weren't in there for no crazy outside, shit. Greg, I got you. <laughs> there was this one dude, I'll never forget, bro. He had written like 12 books, bro. I mean, he had books on books on books, and he would just sit there see, and write. I bet there's like many different people in Man, Many different you couldn't people. like you see every like type of personality you could. Yeah. You'd see very, very, very stupid people, mm-hmm. and you see very, very, very oh, intelligent sure. people. Sure. You would see so yeah. much wasted talent. I mean, there was this guy that would That's take. Depressing. It's very depressing, man, because there's a lot of people in there that got in there when they're young, mm-hmm. man, really it's young. Life 
and they're in there for life. Like the one dude I knew, he was a lifer, and he was the coolest dude. But every day I would see him, he would he would talk to me. We would we would talk a little bit about like rap and stuff because they can listen to music or watch TV. So me and him connected on hip hop and J Cole and all that. And uh, he was just smart, man. He was very intellectual, and he would every day I would see him, he would tell me a new fact of the day. Okay, and that shit was right. cool. But I mean. It's just, like I said, it's just a different world, man. It's yeah. nothing you would ever want to be a part of. Oh. I mean, dude, all they care about is stamps, nude pictures that they can get. You see more porn there than anywhere in the oh, world. Babe, and it's drugs. Locked up in I mean, walls. all the drugs in the world, man. It's, yeah. it's just not... Is there to do. Exactly. It's just not worth it. But like I said, on that note, like... I left that job because I was seeing Grace like six hours a week, yeah. which just isn't healthy, man. It isn't healthy, and it's just not a good work environment. I think, I think correctional officers, I think correctional officers are number one in divorce rate and number two in suicide. Really? Yeah. Good. Get out of there. Well, the, there's a problem. There's a problem with the that prison system. That just says something that you did that though. That's like one of the hardest jobs out there. Then you saw me. Oh, it's tough. That's what I'm it's saying. It's tough, man. Yeah, but I wanted to expose that, myself to that shit. Dog. Dog, it makes, I'm telling you, just just from like traveling and so much lately, bro, I've been sleeping on a on an air mattress, taking cold showers, all of that, yeah. bro. And like like It's the dog. Nothing, you know? And it, it shows you how how to be a man. Like I have a thought process I've kept with me since I was very young, and it's that as humans, we innately want to do what we know. We want mm-hmm. to stick with what is comfortable. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go outside our box of what we know. Because out there, I don't know it. It scares me. It's something new. I fucking hate that. I hate it. I hate doing something that I know over and over and over again. I get, like, itchy, and I'm like, I have to do something new. So that's why, like, I I don't. I don't think that's human nature. I think that's drilled into us. Okay. I think human nature is to go out and do what scares you. You think it's the opposite, the latter. Yeah, because everybody has a want and desire yes. for it. You feel me? Everybody wants to be great, Tony. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. yeah that's everybody. true. That's true. Not everybody wants to chase it. You know? Nobody wants to put the work in. It's like yeah, Kevin Hart said. Know? Everybody wants to be famous. Nobody wants to put the work in. Exactly. exactly. It's part of the grind, man. But I don't know. Like I just remember I would always tell people these things I wanted to do and these dreams I had and these they aspirations. And they would bad. shoot him down. And I would always wonder, like my own mom. My mom, she, I would tell her, like, oh, I want to do this. And she's like, tell me that's not realistic. Bro, my mom just hopped on the boxing thing, like, maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. Or she wanted to sign me to go to the gym or everything. Yeah. yeah. But, like, she would always say, like, oh, that's not realistic. And I would look at her, I'd be like, to you? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not realistic to you. But to me, it's very realistic. And, you know, not to, you know, shit on my mom or anything, yeah. but... My mom has had it drilled in her. And it's because she had me when she was so young. She had right. my mom when she was 21, she had me. Okay. So she had to grow up like that. Right. She right. didn't get to go out and, you know, experience yes. life and yes. do what she wanted. She had to hit the working force and she had to work right then. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as I can remember, my mom worked two jobs or three jobs at a time. And she moved me and my little brother up here by herself right. with no job. Florida, right? From Florida right. to here. So you gotta think about how scary that is to be a single woman with two, kids, two kids going to a place you know no one. Yeah. But she always had in her head that I have this job I work, I hate this job that I do, but I have to do it for forty years and then I can retire and be happy. And I don't have that thought process. No. And we always butted heads on that. And I remember I, one day I was telling her I was like, "Oh, I want to do this, I want to do this," and she was like, "Tony, you just live in a fantasy land." And I was like, "Well, at least I don't live in your land." Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. 
and she that upset her but at the same time she i think she realized that oh because mom always said she was like why are you always getting new jobs at some point you're gonna have to get something to lock down i told her i was like that's not what the 20s our 20s are meant for exactly bro. exactly look at all the most successful like like gary v he's like don't listen to your parents exactly what you want to do exactly that's why i was so confident when i told her i was dropping out of college man because i knew i was like this ain't for me i ain't here to waste my money i can go make more money bro, now or so later this than trade school i'm coming out with bro it starts yeah. you off at like i ain't even gonna say it it's just it's, it's good bad, money bro yeah it's good money it's like i'm making more than people with like four year degrees coming i would love to push an agenda in the newer age of society like the kids in high school now mm -hmm. to explain to them that you do not have to go to college outside of high school i think it's coming i don't think it's coming through has to through the system but like just through social media and stuff has bro, to man you know? because like, how could you know what you want to do forever when you've never worked you know you've never worked oh that's you gotta you gotta choose what you want to do the rest of your life at 18 years old and on top of that when you get out of high school you can't get a loan for a thirty thousand dollar car you don't have any credit you can get a hundred and thousand dollar million dollar loan for a college yeah bro that's it's a system you know it's, it's money system. and they know they're like oh the, the amount of people dropping out is 40 percent 50 percent we're just gonna give them out all the loans we want we're gonna get our money back no matter yeah, what even if they graduate they're gonna have to pay these loans. lucky enough for me i didn't i didn't take a scholarship and i got into college for yeah. free but um i don't know man it's just crazy that the world we live in is so ego driven and money driven and no one truly like looks to see like what they want to do what makes me it's, happier it's, what can i do to get more experiences like almost like an intellectual hierarchy. Like they look at like, what did you graduate with? What you got? You know? Like, yeah. Well, what have you experienced? I had, I had, and like I love this little girl, but she came up to me the other day, and and she's smart, seventeen year old freshman in college. Yeah. So I'm further in my life than I am in yours. I was like, seventeen. Yeah. Never moved out of her mom's house. Yeah. Know, she's just school, ignorant. You know, but because she she's in college, a big girl, and it's like. Like, I didn't explain it to her. I probably should have. It's like, you're going to expand life experience. Like, that's that ignorance, man. So, like, like, knowing how to get up and go get something is better than already having something. Yeah. And we've all sense. had those points in our lives, too, to where, like, mommy and daddy wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the money to pay for my gas right now. Mm -hmm. Now I got to figure out how the fuck I'm going to get home work, right? or how I'm going to yeah. get to work tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, yep. we've had those moments, you and I have. And I think that is kind of what molds you to forces growth. Exactly. You like want to be there again. Exactly. You I want to be there, you want, you want dude. I remember. Finish. I remember whenever I met Grace, man. I was broke. Yeah. Broke, and I went with her family to Florida, mm -hmm. like seven, eight months into me and her being together. I was broke, and we were eating out one night, dude. We went to a fancy restaurant. Uh, fancy and i was looking at the menu dude and i knew it i couldn't afford it like crap. No. i knew i couldn't afford it, it makes you feel like, damn, like yeah you know? i remember knowing that i couldn't afford it and her dad looking at me and he was like i got it don't worry about it and he didn't say nothing he's just like i got you and i remember that feeling dude it was just like fuck mm -hmm. i remember you know i had to ask grace to help me pay my electric one time because i couldn't afford it and that is what builds character that's bro. what builds character man having like the, having those and, and i like i'm talking about it like i know about it but like i'm just not figuring like like getting through that stuff like having these emotions being mad about like certain stuff like you gotta you gotta look at what irks you, you yeah feel me? like you really have to look at like what you don't like like yeah you, and you don't you don't ever want to be put in that situation again i feel like there's a lot of people that get very comfortable with living week to week 
Yeah. And I am yeah. just one of those people that I've been a week-to-week person since I was born. Mm-hmm. That the moment mm-hmm. that I was 17 years old and I was on my own, I was like, I don't want to be week-to-week. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want I want. I want to be the guy that I can take my whole family out, my mom's side, my you know Grace's side, and just pay for everything. Yep. You know, what I mean? I, that's yep. what I want because I don't know anyone that can do that or that has that. You know what I mean? And it, it's like. People always come to me and they're like, Tony, you're doing so well, or you're in such a good place in your life. And it bro, pisses me off. Bro, it's like, no. It's like, no. you have no idea. Like, I'm no, not even that's, that's 10%. That's that comfortableness and then yes. talking to you. Yes, man. dude. As soon as you want to do something big and take another risk, those are the same people who are going to be like, yep. don't do that. Yep. They'll come to me and they'll be like, man, you're doing so well with your life. And I just, it pisses me off because I know it's a compliment, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't feel that. I feel like I've unlocked 10% of, of what I could do. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much more I want to do, and it's their thought process that I'm comfortable with what I'm doing right, and that right. this is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very, I'm very calculated. You're very calculated. I'm very calculated. Whatever I do now, I'm setting myself up for the next 10 steps. You know what I mean? Like, you're, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm sporadic. No, I think you're, I think, I think you're calculated. I think you don't know it. I think that you get, you get in your head a lot, but you're one of those people that I'll say, you're just like Joseph, man. You're, you're destined for greatness. Shout out, shout out to Wild. Shout out to Wild, man. He's the only reason why you even know each other. Right, right. Cra- you know what's crazy? You know that story. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I met you, where was it? Is that Knoxville or Chat? That was Chat. Chat. Chattanooga. You're in Chattanooga. And I we f- drove out to Chattanooga to see Joseph. And that's when I met you. Was it his birthday? It was his birthday. And Jesse was there. And Chris yeah, was there. That's when I met the boys. And I remember, you remember you took your shirt off, and Jesse kept talking about how ripped you were. I don't remember. I do. You were drunk. <laughs> Jesse was like, Jesse was like, he's so ripped. I don't understand it. And I was like, Jesse, maybe if you work out, you'll be a little ripped too. <laughs> he had the mullet. Yes, yes, too, yes. Bro. He had the mullet. <laughs> but I just like it's crazy because we met each other that long ago, and now. As you found out today, you're the groomsman of my wedding. Uh, you know what I mean? This is going to be... Oh, dude, we got to turn this up. It's going to be fun. So, before we end the podcast, I want to I want to say that we got to go out for my bachelor's party, obviously. Yes, sir. I have a thought. Okay. And obviously, Sam has to sign off on this. <laughs> um, we got to go to either Nashville okay. or Vegas. Ooh. All right. I'm down with either. I don't yeah, care. Have you been Vegas? No. But I would love Nashville. I would love. I've never been to Nashville. Oh. Yeah. I would love to go okay. to either. Okay. But I don't care. But either way we go, we have to wear suits with mm. turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Yes. Why turtlenecks? You look like a fucking G, bro. <laughs> you're telling me if five guys in suits and turtlenecks walk into a bar, you're not gonna be like, what? Yeah, the fuck? Chain on that yes. Yeah, yes, bro. bro you dev, you know it, bro. But think about how dope that we all show up in suits and turtlenecks, go into bars. You know, people are gonna buy us drinks just because we're in suits and turtlenecks, bro. I'll be hammered before we get to the second bar, but <laughs> I don't know. We gotta turn up. Depending on what the weather is, that might be the move. Depending on what the weather is, <laughs> that might be the move. But we're gonna turn up no matter what. I, I gotta, we gotta have a little bit of fun before yeah, I get married. You already know we're gonna have fun. Absolutely. Well, Dre, we knocked out a full hour and ten minutes of a podcast. It doesn't feel like it, bro. I know it flies by, right? Yeah, it does. Every time someone comes over, they're like, "How long does it take?" Like my buddy Marquise on the last one, he's like, "How long do you think we'll go?" I was like, "We'll just go as long as we take." A minute forty or an hour forty-five went by so quick, bro. It felt like thirty minutes. Yeah flies by dude and, and i like doing this because no one does this 
No one sits. Sony, you're good at this, bro. You think so? You're, you're good at this, bro. I like talking. You're good at this. Bro. I like people. I'm. I'm. I you're just a people person. I want people to talk more. We're so we're so on our phones at all times. You know, we're just locked in. Like we're me and Grace too. Like we'll just sit on the couch on our phone sometimes. I'm like, no one talks. We don't talk about what we believe, mm-hmm. what we like, what we want to do with our lives. No one talks anymore. And uh, that's why I want to do this because I want to have cool people on like you that have a story to tell, that are doing something cool that's worth talking about, and uh, that I want to talk to because I don't ever get to see you anymore, man. No, You're always – you live in like 20 different states a year. I'm in Raleigh right now. Greensboro right now. It's Asheville, Raleigh, Greensboro, Wilkesboro. Fucking – it's going to be like Tampa next week, bro. It's, <laughs> I got to catch you when I can. But oh, it was, Louisiana. yeah, exactly. We're going to Louisiana. You know, it's crazy. So I got to catch you when I can. But the goal is next time I have you on, I'm going to have Joseph sitting in here too. Oh, that's the goal, bro. Let's you, me, and Joey sitting here. Oh, we'll smoke us some. We'll, we'll, we'll talk for as long as we can possibly go. We might even Joey run that up. Anymore. Oh, we'll make them. No. We'll make them. <laughs> We'll make them. We'll make them. You hear that, Joe? Yeah. I promise you, bro. Listen, let me tell you something, Joe. Uh, if you come over, I'm probably going to drug you. I'll, I'll give you some food, and you won't know what's in it. <laughs> but um, we'll see, man. I want to get him back over here. But I'll get him. I'll, probably, I'll, get, I'll bring Joe up. Good deal. But, yeah, man, that's that's why I do this. I just want cool people to come on, have so, cool conversations. This is for you, and I'm proud of you. Thank for you, man. This, Thank you. This is like, I, I think, personally, this is something you, you're supposed to be doing. That seems to be and what I people like, are telling me. I like how you waited too. Yeah. You, like this was in the process. Like this was in the works for a while. You know. Yeah. And like Tony was always like, "No, I want to get set up right. You know, to do yep. it right." And I respect that. Yeah. I respect that like crazy, bro. And Patience, man. Yeah. Some of people want to just do it right now, and I knew that if I started and, and it right I knew then, it wasn't procrastination either. Because mm-hmm. you know you're you're, you're gonna get it. Like Tony get goes and gets it. You know. I try. I try, man. So uh, let's plug your social real quick. What's your Instagram? Uh, Instagram is Dame underscore dash nine nine zero. You don't have Twitter, do you? Nah, I I do. You don't fuck with it. Listen, you need to post more on your Instagram. Yeah. You need to post more because we got to get you some exposure. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be a boxer, we got to get you to be marketable. So you got to post a lot more on I there. Just like, I just like posting the picture when I'm down to get some likes and it makes me feel That's bad. what you got to do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what day is your fight? Uh, March 25th is the beginning of the tournament. Um, I don't know the exact times and dates, but I'll be posting They'll some be posted. social, uh, the bout number. Okay. Um, so some and fights. What's the website for the uh, the the fights are free. Yeah, yeah. Go okay. On USA Boxing. I don't know if it's dot com or dot org. Okay. I have to check it out, but they'll, they'll have a link up, and I'll I'll post the link to my social site too. Okay. Well, we're gonna give you some exposure. I got a couple people that were actually excited about you coming on. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a couple people last night while I was playing ball, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know him. He's the boxer." And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay, we'll be listening." <laughs> so you got some fans out cool. there. I'm cool. one of them. Uh, it was fucking pleasure having you on, dude. Thank Sam, thank you for sitting here for an hour and 20 minutes. I know you're just fucking ready to go. But uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having Guys, me. this is the Mouthpiece Podcast. We're out. <laughs>